0: Well, welcome each one to this part of the service. As I was preparing the message, I actually had about, I think it was close to three pages that I had typed. All of a sudden, God just turned the tide and I started over. Um, I actually started on the first locked heart, the also locked heart, and God gave me a, I don't know what I want to call it, a passion or, it grieves, it grieves my heart to see people going through life and they're carrying this pain in their hearts and maybe not knowing how to release it. when Jesus Christ came to take that from us we do not have to carry that pain and in that pain is how we see life how we see others and that's how we respond then so the Lord laid on my heart about identifying personal and marital problems. Sometimes we're fighting. We don't even know why we're fighting. That's because of the condition of the heart. We have this evil for evil relationship. You don't want it, but that you've got it. The husband can't do anything right for the wife, or the wife can't do anything right for the husband. Or it might be simple things, like just a simple request of, you know, honey, would you, on your way out, would you take the trash can out there? I mean, do I have to do everything around here? Those are some of the responses, and then the wife just, oh, well, I I was just asking. And they don't understand why they're not getting along. And hopefully... This can somewhat clear it. I'll focus a little on our, ourselves, then also understanding other people's problems. Why are they the way they are? Then we can, once we understand, that's when we can start caring for their heart. If we don't understand, we can't really care for them. And we, we maybe react out of our hurt and they react out of uh, their hurt, and it's just nothing but chaos in that marriage. So hopefully, as we get through this, there's there was so much, I was overwhelmed. Going through the Bible, two thick books like this, and then another book trying to get some information together, when there's this big seminar coming all together in a Hopefully around a 30-minute message, so I have to get moving. You know, God never intended for us to carry the hurts through life. That was not His intent. We were made perfect, and but it's because of the sin. Now, there's pain, suffering. Isaiah 53 prophesies of Jesus Christ coming. And here's where some people, they don't understand that that's what he really came for. He didn't just die for our sins. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgression he was buried bruised sorry he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisements for our peace was upon him we can have peace only because of jesus christ and by his stripes we are healed that pain the bruised the shattered broken heart he heals that's what he came for. To bring us back into that perfect relationship with God, what he intended when he created us. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's why we have these hurts. We all have sinned. We all fall short. No one is exempt. So do we really know how to demonstrate true love? Are we capable of showing true love? Because if we want to know what true love really is, we must look to God. God is love. And accept what Jesus Christ has done for us. And allow him to come into our heart. To heal that heart even though it hurts. Sometimes we need someone to help us. It hurts so much we can't go there alone. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, for many years, I had a lot of head knowledge See, I would love out of my head. I would forgive out of my head. It didn't change my heart. My last message I had shared on some of the causes for a locked heart. There's pressure patterns. There's abuse issues. With that come emotional issues. And with that they're spiritual issues but today I want to share with you why some of our problems or issues aren't resolved so why do people have this same problem all through their life and never get free they're praying people they're worshiping people they they go to church every Sunday but yet for twenty years they've been carrying this same pain, whatever, the problem they have. There's there's old grandpas or grandmas that are struggling with immorality. Why? That should be a concern to us. What's happening? The answer is twofold. They don't know how to apply the principles of the Bible to their lives. See that one I had just read in Isaiah fifty three. We're not applying that scripture to our lives. We're not applying that. We're not allowing Jesus Christ to come in and take care of those. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, but he doesn't stop there, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we must allow him to, from the heart. We can't go on our knees, ask God from our head for forgiveness, and think that he's going to come and cleanse our heart from all unrighteousness. No, we've got to make that connection, because God hears our heart, not our words. Do we realize that? We can be praying and our mind is over here. He's hearing where our mind is. He's not hearing our words. Because he's hearing my heart. And I can make all these fancy words while I'm praying. But if my heart's not in it, it's void. We have our reward here of maybe impressing someone how well I can pray. But if my heart's not in it, he doesn't hear it. Is that why some of our prayers are not answered? See, the principles of the Bibles become head knowledge to us, and we get all this information and keeps gaining and keep gaining information, but we don't know how to apply it to our lives. See, many of us might have been taught even that just instruct them all, you know, with the Bible, and it will change their lives. That is true in one extent. But if it's all in their head, it's not going to change their lives. The problem is people take that information and they don't know how to apply it to their lives and, uh, and identify their strongholds and come to freedom. And many people can't identify their personal and marital problems.
1: They don't understand
0: why they're doing what they're doing. I was there. I was in terrible immorality. This is the last time I would promise myself. Next thing I know, I had done it again. Why? I didn't even cry out to God, why? This is not normal. I hadn't been taught. That's why I have this heart of teaching. So we understand what's happening inside. We must understand what's happening. The other reason is they don't know how to get into their heart and deal with their issues. Sometimes it's too painful. Or sometimes it's too embarrassing. We're ashamed to open that part of the heart to God. But you know, he knows it already. We don't have to be ashamed of God because he knows it. In our heart is where the pain is. And that's where the problem is. if we have relationship problems it's in the heart and we respond to the problems intellectually and never nothing happens it doesn't change we can force it to change for a while but next thing we know it happens again you see when someone has pain in their heart sometimes it's in our subconscious mind will think that will never ever happen again it will never happen again so when you're in this relationship and something happens that triggers a thought or you feel that pain again there's two ways people respond either they lash out coming at you with anger, getting you to back off. That's why they're doing it. They want you to back off a little bit because you're getting too close to that pain. It hurts too much. Or others respond with, oh, they're just crying and crying and crying. is oh, they're just can't do anything right and it's a poor me thing and they're crying that's also a way to get you to back off because you start feeling sorry for them. Those are two ways when you can see someone has issues in their heart. There's, a, there's something there that they're trying to protect themselves. So let's care. Instead of criticizing, grow up, man. Why do you always have to be crying when, whenever we start discussing something, you just start bawling? That doesn't fix the problem. In fact, they feel condemned again. And it just adds to their pain. So we must go beyond that and start caring for that heart. What's going on inside? When we start discussing this, what's going on inside? What's really happening in there? Because I don't want to hurt you. Be honest. Let them know you want to care for them. I'm sharing things that aren't on on my notes even. We'll skip this. See, when there's a deep hurt that happens in us, our emotional growth stuns. I guess I'll share this little illustration. I was going to skip that. When my children were babies, I would hold them on the lap, feed them the bottle, you would have thought nothing about it. But if you would sit, see me sitting on the bench and I'm holding one of my children and I've got this gallon jug now with a nipple and where I'm feeding, you'd be concerned. Something's wrong here, okay? How about on the emotional side? When we see someone responding in a childlike manner when something happens, say, man, did you see how they responded? I mean, that was so childish. You know why? Because they've been hurt as a child, and their emotions were stunted there. And when something happens that triggers that part of the heart, they respond as that 8, 10, 12, 14-year-old. They might be 80 because it has been damaged. It's been severed. Should we not much more be concerned about that when we see that happening? Let's see... See, there's another series that's in the back of my mind is the one another series. You know, care for one another, love one another, encourage one another. But if we don't understand how to care for their heart, those one another's aren't going to be happening either. And we're commanded in the Bible that we're to care, love, encourage one another, pray for one another. Why is that not happening? Probably because we don't understand what they're going through, what's happening. We're more offended. I mean, they just need to grow up. And then there's conflict. Walls are going up. It may hurt too much to go into our heart as a whole. Therefore, we must take it a piece at a time. We can't go and just all of it and it's overwhelming and it hurts too much. So we take a little piece at a time and start releasing and forgiving others out of our heart and allowing God, the master potter to start putting the pieces of our broken or shattered heart back together and heal that heart. Only God can do such an amazing thing. I didn't think that would bother me. But I'm so grateful that that is what God did for me. God had showed me a picture of my heart, and it was just shattered. Then I could understand why I was who I was. And he started piece by piece, bringing it together. Even a simple thing as losing my dog that was like my brother. Unknown to me, part of my heart was buried with that dog. You may think, now that's simple. It is. But I was so attached that it was like losing a brother. And God gave that back to me then. I could feel it when I prayed that I would like to have that back. If he could give me that part of the heart again. I could feel it. There is a peace that passes all understanding. You can't explain it. You can't going into... i got to move on. There's a stronghold in our lives. You may wonder what that piece of art is. See, in Ephesians 4, Paul says, neither give place to the devil. See, that's giving him a base of operation, a stronghold. Those are what the little loops would be. Um because he's never satisfied with just one little loop. He's trying to get more and get more and get more. Because you see, in John 10, Jesus was teaching, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but praise him, he didn't stop there. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We don't have to fear him. We don't have to fear Satan. So, therefore, I'll get into some of this later when we're going through the hearts. But even now, let's say um, you have committed a sin and you ask for forgiveness. Don't forget to ask God to take back the ground that He had given to the enemy, because He's still got that. Even if you were forgiven, and you can't figure out why am I, why did I do it again? He's still got that stronghold in your heart. And that's what he's working out of. Destroy those. We'll get to another scripture later. Anyway, here's some of the strongholds that he might have it's bitterness, rebellion, pride, immorality, temporal values, hyp- hypocrisy, negative thoughts. Many times, this is why we do the things that we don't want to do. It's because of the strongholds. So what is a stronghold? A stronghold is an area where Satan has you bound, and you can't respond the way that God designed you to respond. He's destroying you. God created everyone to be open and enjoy relationships. God created marriages to be enjoyed, not endured. Okay. Now, responding to my problems. There's three ways we typically respond. One's denial. I don't have a problem. And as long as we deny that we have a problem, we can't solve it. We must own a problem if we're going to find a solution for it. Next is projection. We blame others for my problem. You see, there's a time when uh, my brother-in-law and I did not get along. In fact, he would try anything and everything to get something on me. As far as shame, just making fun of whatever I did. That's what actually crushed me and that I went into suicidal thoughts. I just thought it wasn't worth it anymore. Anyway, this is not to condemn him. Listen to the part of the testimony. At home, as I was struggling through this, I would tell Luella, If he would just come and say sorry, it would all go away. It would just be fine. Because, see, I wanted some justice that he agrees with me that he was wrong. That's what I wanted. Well, one night I sat under someone else's teaching. and That's what changed my life. He taught me what Jesus did for me before I was even born. While I was still a sinner, He died for me. It wasn't after I had said sorry that He went on the cross for me. My sin was paid for. I have to do likewise. Even if He never says sorry, I still have to forgive Him. And I have to take responsibility for all that pain that he caused me. So once I did that, and I released him to God's control, he will never have to pay. That's what Jesus did for me. He will never have to pay. I'll do it for him. That's when I found freedom. But it doesn't have to stay there. You can go to Jesus and say, Jesus, Jesus, Do I have to carry this burden? Because that is a huge, huge burden to carry. It's more than we can. If we understand scripture, of course we can take it to him. So I dumped my load at the foot of the cross and his blood washed it away. There was a weight off of my shoulder that you cannot. I mean, I could have been flying through the air, is how I felt. And to this day, he has not, never, he's never said sorry. But we have a good relationship, and God is changing him. He's changing him in the way he's ministering to the family. That's why Paul knew what he was saying in the Hebrews. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Once I took care of my bitterness... Unknown to me, my bitterness was destroying, defiling him yet too. So we dare not blame others and think our problems will go away. Rationalization. Everybody else is doing it. Well, look at so and so. They're a Christian. I mean, they're doing it. What's wrong with that? Wrong. We must own our problems and take it to the foot of the cross. Why to go to the cross? If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That's where we've got to go. We must turn to Jesus. Now, understanding other people's problems. Trying to teach a little on maybe why why they are the way they are. A person seldom sees their own problem. Our eyes are designed to look out and not in. And many times, is what we call blind spots. Our eyes are blinded what's really going on inside. That's that's Satan. He blinds us to that. He blinds our minds so that we don't see our own issues. They may not know how to free themselves from their own problems. Don't raise your hand just in your own heart. If someone would come to you night and say, I am struggling with depression. I have no idea why. But can you help me? Could we sit down and figure it out? Could we sit down with them? Care for their heart. See what's going on in their heart. Or would we send them off to a counseling facility? Because we can't help them. If the church would be today what the church should be, the counseling facilities would close their doors because nobody would be coming, because the churches are taking care of their people the way they're supposed to be. It's sad. We're failing. But the problem is we haven't been taught. see we tend to want to fix problems by filling our dump truck load with whatever we have bitterness, resentment, selfishness and then we beat beep, beep back to someone else and we dump the load now well, that problem is taken care of to be honest it doesn't that's not an attribute of God, that's not what Jesus Christ did I guess I'll share it. I prayed to God that if I'm supposed to share it, he gives me the thought. Quite a while back, we had uh, presented to you the uh, maybe defining what modesty is. And there was numerous ones kind of against it. I left, and I would have wanted to fill my dump truck. And tell them a, thi- a thing or three. But God grabbed my heart and said, no. That's not what I've done to you. You're not caring for the heart. You've got to stop and you s- start caring for the heart. And that's where all of this started coming in to play. To start teaching on this. this is where we can understand where we're at. We have to stop and understand where people are at. I guess I'm going to be transparent. My heart is out on the table. When we make comments like, well, where I came from, so-and-so happened, you know what that's telling me? There's still pain there. Because that's where you went. Is it fair for me to say that? Or where I came from, so-and-so happened, and you know what, we're not there. Is that fair for the congregation? And I'm not condemning anyone for saying that. Because maybe they didn't mean it in that way. But chances are, there's still some pain attached there, and they will never, ever trust anyone in making that decision in front of me because it's not safe. Instead of giving it to God, God, what do you want? And this is not me promoting what we presented. I'm just sharing my heart. My concern is we need healing. And we need a lot of healing. There's marital problems here. There's relationship problems here. I'm going to be honest. We need healing. We need each other. We can take these problems and we can split the church right down the middle. Or we can cross the line and start caring for each other. We have that choice. Which one will we choose? Is it all right if I say that? That's just a burden that's on my heart. They may not understand how victory is possible through the Holy Spirit and the principles of God's word. Have you ever prayed or heard someone pray, Lord, take this problem away. Get me out of this. That doesn't happen. We're going to reap what we sow. And that's that's just that. You see, the children of Israel were told to go over into the promised land and they were getting ready for this last battle going into the Promised Land. Oh, there's giants, there's no way. They lack faith. So what happened out of that? Did God, in, um, was it God's plan that they spend 40 years out in the wilderness till all those that were unfaithful died? That wasn't his plan. He was His plan was they crossed and they had it. But out of their choice, they were 40 years in the wilderness. So if you're in the wilderness, check your heart. You probably were not faithful or obeying what God wanted you to be doing. That's why you're out in the wilderness making that trip out there. God is not, yeah, God is taking me through the wilderness. No. He might be walking with you there, but it wasn't his intent to have you out in the wilderness. Does that make sense? They may not understand what caused their problem. So if you would ask your spouse on any given day, on a scale from 1 to 10, how much do you feel loved? They might know you love them, but how much do you feel loved? The lower the number, the worse you're doing. But dare to ask them that. And if it's low, don't be critical on yourself or don't be critical on... Them sit down, okay. What's going on? What should I be doing that I'm not doing? What would you, what really makes you feel loved? So many times we become defensive and but understand. See, when we start talking and they start talking, then finally they might understand what their problem is maybe it's a selfish problem they want more than what you can give but if you don't sit down and discuss it or they is speaking the word you hear yourself and it's just whoa, this doesn't make sense but yet you were thinking it all along that helps to find out what's my problem they may not understand that a person who has a problem can be transformed through the power of the word and through the Holy Spirit it's going into God's word Word, and finding the biblical directive that I need to follow to resolve the stronghold that is locking me up and causing my problem that's where we need to go and many don't understand that well this this false isn't working so I'll just get another one that does That's what's wrong with the world today. And how many of us, in our hearts, are separated? In God's eyes, we're really not better than the ones out in the world who are divorced. Because God intended it, that we become one. And when we're out here, we're not one. We may be under the same roof, but we're not one. That's not God's design. we must remember that we are not strong enough to fight this battle alone. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's far deeper than that. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. It's mighty through God. We cannot even go and say, I take back that ground that I've given to the enemy. We're not strong enough. We can't. We must take it to God, to the pulling down of the strongholds. Keep within the means of the scripture. It works. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, here's the key, every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So from here on out, when you're tempted, nip it in the bud right there say, Jesus, take this thought captive to your obedience. And if it's coming from the heart, that thought will flee. It's happened to me. It works. If we, from our heart, take these thoughts captive to your obedience, he'll do it. He'll destroy that thought. Because he wants us to walk in obedience to him. And we will revenge disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. So if we keep struggling for years and years in this same sin, we're just struggling, we haven't fulfilled the obedience. We're not revenging disobedience. We've got to go to Jesus Christ and give him everything. He needs our whole heart. Love God with all your heart. If we have a locked heart, we're not loving God with all our heart. We can't. It's locked. It's not just locked to others. It's locked to God. Sorry for making it. Little later, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for taking the punishment for me that I can be free. And that I can have that and experience that abundant life right here, right now. And it's only because of you, Father. And in that, we boast in you, and not of, our, of ourselves. And we give you all honor and glory for everything. And Father, we pray for each heart. Maybe there is some pain revealed. Maybe there's some sin revealed. I don't know. But Father, I would just ask you to minister to those hearts. Reveal to them your gentle touch, your gentle love that you show to a heart that is wounded, bleeding, shattered, whatever, Father. Nothing is too big for you. Just show them your love right now. Speak peace to their hearts. Open their hearts to you, Father. May we never forget that if someone offends us, that we immediately forgive so that Satan cannot have a stronghold of bitterness or anything in our hearts. May we dedicate our whole heart to you. I surrender all. Thank you, Father, for giving me another message. And I ask you, Father, now to do the work We're not capable of in and of ourselves. It takes you. You are the ones. You are the one that changes hearts, heals hearts, and draws people to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.